Crossover Thursday is presented by our friends at Prize Picks. Prize Picks is so much fun and it's easy to play. There's no competing with other players, just you versus the projections available. Pick two to five players, and if they score more or less than their prize picks projection, you can win up to 10 times your money on your entry. It can literally take less than 60 seconds to enter. It's that easy. We love prize picks, and we know you will too. First-time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with the promo code LOCKEDON. That's prizepicks.com, promo code LOCKEDON. All right, Giant and Texan fans, welcome to the crossover edition of the Locked On Podcast. We've got Patricia Trana, yours truly, the host of Locked On Giants, and John Hickman, who is co-host of Locked On Texans. And we yes, are here. Yes. yes, we are going to talk about the top stories ahead of this week 10 matchup. We're going to talk about key matchups. We're going to have predictions and we're going to, most important of all, John, we're going to have some fun on this podcast. We don't get get a chance to talk very often. So it's great to see you, my friend. Hope everything is well. You ready to kick this off? Let's do it. All right, let's do it, man. We are going to talk first about the top stories um, for the Giants and Texans. And since the Texans are the visiting team, We've got to be hospitable here in the New York area. So, John, let's kick it off with you. What do you see as the top stories for the Houston Texans? Well, first of all, thank you for kicking it off and letting me get it. Don't meet too many New Yorkers with Southern hospitality, and that's what we have down here. But I think the biggest storyline for the Houston Texans right now is getting the Collins boys back. And I'm talking about Nico Collins, at wide receiver, and Malik Collins, our defensive tackle. Listen, the Houston Texans have not been able to stop the run the entire year. We know that, blah, 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 play the violin. However, without Malik Collins, it's even worse. We got to look at Malik Collins as the most stable veteran defensive tackle among that front. And then we look at Thomas Booker. He's a rookie. Kurt Hennish, he's a rookie. A lot of first and second year guys trying to fill that void outside of Jaleel Johnson, who they signed uh, about a week and a half ago now. So Malik Collins coming back is phenomenal. And Nico Collins, who at this point of the season looks to be the Houston Texans best number one receiver. And they don't have a number one receiver, but if it was, it'll be Nico missed him last game. They're going to miss, they've missed his big playability, the game he was out. So getting him back versus the New York Giants that's dealing with some injuries on the back end will be very helpful for Davis Mills and this offense. All right. And, of course, the Giants, you know, they have Saquon Barkley. You know, you talk about the run defense. We're going to get into matchups in the second segment. But for the Giants, they are coming off a bye. They are 17-34 and off of bye weeks. So not a very good record. But this is a new era for Giant football. And I think the key story or one of the key stories was one that was kind of unexpected. Because here you have the NFL's second most injured team. And I don't know how they did it, John, but the Giants found a way to get injured during their bye week. I'm laughing because it's, you know, it, it's it's not funny, but it's kind of funny because only the Giants, this would happen to. The Giants lost safety Xavier McKinney to a freak accident. It, it, it was a broken hand, suffered during his vacation down in Cabo, Mexico. Now, McKinney is going to be okay, but currently on the NFI, he was a key cog, if you will, in the Giants defense, you know, especially for that run defense, which has been kind of shaky to begin with. McKinney going to miss four games, so he's out. That means increased reps for rookie Dane Belton, who 
he's coming along. This is a kid who unfortunately had to miss some of, uh, or most of training camp. He had a broken collarbone. He was back in time for the regular season. So he's going to obviously be called upon to fill in some of that role that McKinney had. You're going to see Julian Love, obviously, uh, take over the the um, the play calling for the defense. And I'm curious to see if Landon Collins comes up. Landon Collins currently on the practice squad, but he's a box safety. He's been doing a little bit of inside linebacker for the Giants. They've got to stop Damian Pierce. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm jumping ahead on, on matchups here, but that run defense of the Giants ranked, I think, 25th overall. They're allowing something like 109 yards per game to opponents. Not very good, not very sharp. Wink Martindale, the defensive coordinator today, spoke about that a little bit. He says, you know, some weeks we've had to give up something to, you know, to, to gain in other areas. But weekly, I mean, the, the Giants have been getting gashed. And uh, Pierce is a guy that I think is going to, to give Wink some more sleepless nights as, as he figures out how he's going to stop this uh, potential rookie of the year candidate on the offensive side. Absolutely. Damian Pierce right now, one thing that he's doing is not only is he getting to the second level, but he's making it hard for players to bring him down once he's there. Right. We look at Houston and some of the up and down battles they've had offensively on the offensive line. But what I can say is in certain Paul Quisenberry has helped Houston out along with AJ can the rookie Kenyon Green and left guard. He struggles in pass protection. He'll get there. But in run blocking, He's moving bodies out the way, and that has really helped out Damian Pierce. Uh, Patricia, you guys have somebody coming back, Kenny Galladay, mm. coming back, and New York really needs someone that can step up at that wide receiver spot. Giants general manager Joe Shane did not bring in a wide receiver at the deadline. Do you expect Kenny Galladay to get some of those contested looks, seeing how he hasn't been as effective at creating separation like he has in the past? I think so. You know, it's interesting. Kenny Galladay, in the beginning of the year, even during going back to training camp, there were times he seemed into it and so times that his head seemed somewhere else. When the Giants traded Kadarius Tony, it was almost like a wake-up call for, for Kenny Galladay. It's like, hey, you know, I'm on a winning team for the first time in my career, you know, and uh, I have a chance to be part of something special. So I do think Galladay, who missed, like, I think it was the last four games with a knee injury. I think he has a fire under his belly. Um, I think he's going to, you know, come back and, and not dog it, not, you know, give it a half-baked effort. Um, as far as contested looks, I know they want to get the ball to him. Uh, sometimes they're able to, sometimes they, they're not. I know early in the season, there were times they just couldn't get it to him. And when they did, he didn't do anything with it. So the important thing for Galladay is if they do go to him, he's got to make the effort. He's got to show that he's reliable, he's trustworthy, and he can come down with the plays and not drop passes the way he was doing. And I think if he does that, he can give the Giants what they have been missing in that receiving core, and that is a legitimate playmaker. All right, coming up next on the Locked on Giants podcast, the Locked on Texans podcast, as we do this crossover Thursday, we're going to talk matchups. So don't go away, folks. And now a word from our sponsor, Blue Nile. Whether you're looking to pop the question or you have a milestone to celebrate, Blue Nile can help you make your celebrations even more memorable. 
Lunile offers the largest selection of independently graded diamonds and pieces priced significantly below traditional retailers. And they have helped millions of couples create their perfect engagement ring, including the one worn by yours truly. Use their easy online tools to create the perfect engagement ring. Or if you're looking for that special one-of-a-kind piece to commemorate a special occasion, Blue Nile has jewelry experts on hand 24-7 available via phone or chat to help you find a memorable gift no matter what your budget. Shop stress-free with Blue Nile's 100% satisfaction guarantee. All Blue Nile orders are insured and shipped free in discreet packaging. They also offer overnight shipping if you're in a rush. So go ahead and make your moment sparkle with Blue Nile. Go to BlueNile.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON to save $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. Again, that website is BlueNile, B-L-U-E-N-I-L-E.com. And that promo code is LOCKEDON to save $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. BlueNile.com, promo code LOCKEDON. Welcome back in Locked On Texans and Locked On Giants listeners and viewers out there. Thank you for spending your day. I know you're listening to us every day uh, with us here with the Locked On Texans and Locked On Giants podcast. Matchups are super important. When we look at safety Xavier McKinney, he will be out Sunday. And now the defensive play call and duties have been delegated to Julian Love. Love is a player who I personally thought Houston could have benefited from bringing him during the 2000, bringing him in, excuse me, during the 2019 draft. Texas had three opportunities to get that young man. As a football player, he's been remarkable in terms of his growth and his leadership. And four seasons in, he's a part of the Giants' DNA. With McKinney out, that matchup of safety alongside the rookie. How important will Julian Love be for any success this team can have defensively? You know, they don't call him duct tape for nothing. Julian Love has <laughs> so much in this defense. I mean, he's he plays safety. Sometimes he plays in the slot. A few times you'll see him, you know, play deep down in the box. Sometimes he'll play out on the island. He's a guy who can truly do it all. Now he's going to add play calling. Well, you know, the relaying of the plays, I should say, and getting the defense line up. So this is a guy, and, you know, I know you're a big fan of Julian Loves. I am. Very, very intelligent young man. Comes from Notre Dame. Football IQ is off the charts. His general IQ is just off the charts. Mad respect for him. And, and you know, this is going to be a, a big matchup, like I said, because you've got the run game. <clears throat> the run defense has not been what it needs to be for the Giants. And some weeks, like I said, um, that has been done purposely. And some weeks it's just been a matter of them getting gashed, particularly at the second level where their linebackers just haven't been good. So this is going to be very key. And, and you know, Julian Love, he he's such a student of the game. He dissects it. He, he sits with the film. Um, you know, he's with the coaches. He's preparing for this one. And I think – Julian Love is going to come in and, you know, I, I'm not saying, you know, he's got the same skill set as Xavier McKinney. Nobody does. Everybody's unique. But I think Julian Love is going to handle it beautifully. And hopefully there will not be that much of a drop off in in that particular matchup. Yeah, he, he's just a remarkable, like you said, smart football player, Notre Dame background, a player that on three occasions I'm looking at the screen, take him, take him, take him. Houston didn't do that, and uh, I think it's been haunting them ever since. Although we do have a very good safety rookie here in town, Jalen Petrie. So uh, we made up for it three years later. 
Yes, and Julian Love, by the way, I think when he he was drafted, I want to say in the fourth round, I think and everybody was one hundred eight or something like that, something like that. But I remember everybody saying the Giants got a major steal, and it's hard to believe that it took the, his rookie season. They barely played him. It's so hard to believe that, but you know, I think it, I think I think it was because of the growth that he needed for the NFL uh, level. You, you know, they were trying, I think they were trying to, you know, obviously they wanted to convert him to safety and he had to learn the position, but he picked it up quickly. And I also think, you know, I'm, uh, if I'm not mistaken, when he came in, the defensive coordinator, was it Betcher at the time? I think it might've been James Betcher. Just, they they just couldn't figure out how to use him and, and he had to wait his turn. And to his credit, he did. And now he's a full-time starter, a key cog, a guy that I, I am, Fairly certain the front office wants to resign. Uh, hopefully they get him resigned before he hits free agency, so you guys can get your mitts on him. <laughs> <laughs> so, so yes, that's uh, certainly a key matchup. Now, from the Giants' perspective, you know we talk about the running game. Saquon, he's oh, back, man. baby. Saquon Barkley. Oh my gosh! And against that Texan run defense, you know you mentioned in the last segment. The Texans are hopefully getting back a couple guys to help with that run defense. Saquon's just not your average runner. He can burn you up the middle. He can burn you to the outside. He's so good with those misdirection plays. And Mike Kafka, the offensive coordinator, has finally, finally put together a system that makes the best use of Saquon's talents, and not just as a runner, but as a receiver. They line him up out wide. They, they, a couple times he's lined up in the slot. Uh, he's been a receiver out of the backfield. So how do you stop him if you're the Texans? It's 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 what we know. It's going to be a collective. Everybody has to come together and understand that this team is depleted at wide receiver. They're getting, you know, at one point a fairly good wide receiver back. But in the last couple of seasons, he's been on the decline. Daniel Jones, who I can't wait to talk to, has been having a good season. But he isn't a elite quarterback that we can consider, you know, a threat to dominate this team in the passing game. So everybody has to be on one accord and understanding flying to the ball is, you know, essential. Getting your hand and, and hitting somebody is essential because when you're dealing with a player like Saquon, you have to be disciplined. Saquon can sneak out and, and make a man miss, make a lot of men miss in one play. And Houston has had issues throughout this entire year in terms of missed tackles. So ideally you would like for him to be better. We've been praying that they'll be better since week one. It hasn't necessarily gotten better. But for Lovey Smith, I think overall, he has to do what he did in the first half against the Eagles. Mix up your defensive fronts. Put some stunts out there. I, correct me if I'm wrong. Is Evan Neal still out or is he back? Yes, he will probably be out this week. And who's who's going to be playing right tackle? Uh, Tyree Phillips. So for Houston defensively, you're getting Malik Collins back. You know, he's a good player up front, but you got to mix up those fronts. You gotta send a couple of extra guys. Lovey Smith was sending Christian Kirksey a lot against the Eagles. Uh Steven Nelson, who got a sack. Desmond King, who was effective in the game. So everybody has to be utilized, and I think in certain situations. And overall, you really may want to force the Giants to be in more of those third and long situations. That way you have an opportunity to, for the most part, take the ball out of Saquon's hands as a runner because Houston has been getting gashed all year by running backs. We had a, uh, a backup running back run for over 120 yards on the, on the Texas defense. That's unacceptable. You know, and speaking of which, the Giants are averaging less than five yards per carry 
on first downs which is a big reason behind their slow starts. And, and, you know, I asked offensive coordinator Mike Kafka today about that. I said, you know, what do you, what did you guys learn about your slow starts and what to do about them? You know, what, while you were in the bye week and, you know, Kafka predictably didn't give any specifics, but he says, Oh, we, we really look through it. And he says, I'm really pleased with the data we have. And we're going to, you know, we've got some ideas on how we're going to get off to, to that quicker start. But, you know, the giants, they've been a second half team, which is kind of frustrating because the offense comes out and it's like they don't get anything done. I think, you know, against the Seahawks, I want to say they they finally scored uh, early in the game. I think also in the Jaguars. But the Giants have been outscored by opponents in the first half of the game. You got to play a full 60 minutes. Otherwise, guess what? You're not winning the game, you know. And I think the reason why the Giants have won the game, why they are 6-2, and two, is because there has been a late game mistake that they have been able to capitalize on. And, you know, I look at the Texans. I believe Davis Mills has thrown four interceptions over the last four games. Um, he's also been sacked, what, 30-something times, 31 times, if I'm not mistaken. It's, so it's some problems with his offensive lines. <laughs> yeah. So uh, so there are going to be some opportunities that the Giants can potentially create if the trend continues forward. And, uh, you know, that's what I think we're looking at in terms of this game because the Giants formula, they start off slow. They're a second half team and they're capitalizing on the other team's mistakes while m- minimizing their own mistakes. And we saw against the, the uh, Seahawks, the Giants made mistakes that they, that they just weren't good enough to overcome. And by the way, the Seahawks figured out how to take away Daniel Jones's legs and Saquon Barkley's legs. So I don't know if you agree with me on that, but I would fully expect the uh, the Texans to maybe copy a little bit of what the Seahawks did. And I'll say this on the offensive side for Houston, we look at the game against the last NFC East opponent, came out all, all year having scored on their first drive, did it against the Eagles, started fast, 14 points in their first half. Second half, only three points. And so to kind of, you know, not boost the Giants, but looking at the second half team you guys are, as you just mentioned, that will play in your favor. Houston has been... In several games this year, Houston has either had the lead in the second half or going into the fourth quarter, and they've been able to lose it because they are not playing consistent football. And so, again, for the Giants, that may be an area uh, where you guys can exploit in in this game. Now, I will say this. Davis Mills talked about the Giants and being a heavy blitz team. Uh, He said that one of the big things we've been talking about is staying out of third and longs. No quarterback wants to be in a third and long situation. And Houston does not necessarily thrive under third and long situations. But the Giants blitz at approximately a 40% rate. How critical has Wink Martindale been for the Giants' 6-2 and two season so far? Oh, my gosh. You know, every defensive coordinator who comes in says they want to be aggressive. And as we have learned here in New York, Wink Martindale's style of aggression – isn't Patrick Graham style. Wink is not afraid to live and die by the blitz. All right. If he gets burned, all right, you know what? It happens. That's not going to change his desire to impose the defense's will on the offense. And, and, you know, the players love him for that. Um, There's been a few times they've gotten burned, but not as much as you would have thought would be the case. So Wink has been creative. And here's the beauty with Wink Martindale he never runs the same defense from week to week. He changes it up. 
So, you know, you might see some funky looking formations. You might see some different philosophies from, say, you know, the Seattle game to now to the Texans game. He changes up and he does a really good job of putting guys in position to make plays. And his players just absolutely love him. Um, you know, he's, he, he's, he's a character wing, you know, and, and I had my doubts how he was going to work out with the giants, you know, because he's an alpha male, what he aspires to be a head coach, but he has just been an absolute godsend for this giants defense. You hear that lovey? It's okay to switch it up. <laughs> it's okay to make adjustments week to week, quarter by quarter, half by half. It's okay to get out of your norm because that is something here in Houston that Fans and, and 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 media members have been screaming, just change. It's 2022. It's not the cover two is not going to work in, in in 2022. So Wink Martindale, I, I know, has been a godsend for you guys. A lot of my friends and buddies have been talking about how much they love the Ravens for allowing Week to leave because he's done amazing things for that defense. He certainly has. We're certainly lucky to have him and Mike Kafka and Brian Dable. This coaching staff has made a huge difference. For the Giants, a big reason why they are six and two, and uh, you know, talent's part of it, obviously. But the coaching, this is like the best coaching staff this team has had, bar none, since I want to say the the, uh, the prime of the Tom Coughlin years. And we're we're talking, you know, we've got to go back a while before we 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 have we can make that statement. <laughs> it's so, been a long time. It certainly has. All right, folks, we're going to take one more quick break. When we come back. John and I are going to be on the spot. We're going to give you predictions and we're going to wrap things up on this special crossover edition of the Locked on Giants podcast and the Locked on Texans podcast. So don't go anywhere. And now a word from our sponsor, Bet Online. Bet Online is your number one source for football betting info this season. Find all the latest player developments, team matchups, news, podcasts, and in-depth articles and analysis on every game, both college and NFL. And BetOnline doesn't stop there. It's your continued source for all your sports wagering information with live betting and up-to-the-minute scores for every sport. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite games and events, including NHL, NBA, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head on over to BetOnline today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online where the games start. All right, Giants and Texan fans, we are back on the special crossover edition of the Locked on Giants and Locked on Texans podcast. We hope you're enjoying the show. My name is Patricia Trena, host of the Locked on Giants podcast, joined by John Hickman, co-host of the Locked on Texans podcast. And John, this is the part of the show that it just makes me like, ugh, because I'm so we bad. We got to do it. We, we got to do, do it. it. I'm so bad at it, but we got to give our predictions. So I'm going to put you on the spot first because, you know, we are the host and I'm going to let you Northern hospitality. Again, this is the first time that I've gotten it. I have a best friend from New York and he doesn't even do this. Well, I'm from Jersey. So if that, if that ah, matters, any. <laughs> that's the difference. I'm going to let him know that too. Uh, so predictions for this game. Listen, I, I think that the New York Giants right now, as unexpected as this 6-2 and two season is, they're still a good team. So you don't get to 6-2 and two and not be a good team. And I think that Sunday they will, on the ground, uh, dominate the Houston Texans. I have no other reason to believe otherwise. And I think that because of the Texans' bad second-half performances, 
And the Giants, who, by the way, I, well, I can't wait to ask you about this, so I'll say that separately. But the Giants have been a much better team in the second half. That just doesn't bode well for the Houston Texans. And so I see the Giants winning this game. And I like to give score predictions. I don't think it's going to be a blowout by any means. I see this game 17-13 Giants. Oh, you're going low. You're going, going low with low. score. I'm going low. Okay. I think Houston right. will be competitive to start the game, though. Okay. Yeah, fair enough. All right. So my listeners always say to me, gosh, Pat, you always say that a game makes you nervous or you're concerned about a game. Now, no disrespect to the Texans because they do have some good players. <laughs> <laughs> they do have some good players, but I'm feeling pretty good about the Giants chances this week. And I'll even go so far as to say that I think the Giants can, might be able to get as many as 27 points. So I'm going to go 27. Uh, let's go 27, 21. We'll, ah. we'll, we'll say that the Giants, uh, you know, ah. I don't think, I don't know what the spread, I think the spread's six and a half points. I, was I think, just about uh, to ask you, what is the spread? I think it's six and a half points. Uh, the Giants are favored. Um, I don't know if it's gone up or not. I haven't, I should have checked before we recorded, but uh, I, I do think the Giants will win, you know, 27. Uh, 21, you know, the Texans, they, they have their, their play, you know, Brandon cooks plays. And I don't know if he's going to play. I, I saw he's going to practice. Um, he's a guy, obviously, you know, you got to keep an eye on, like I said, Damian Pierce against that giants run defense. That's a concern for me, as we said, you know, uh, early on. So there are some interesting matchups that if, if they don't fall the way you expect them to could be a long day. Yeah, I, I think so, too. I do want to ask you about, you know, first-year head coach Brian Dable, who I believe at this moment has to be the coach of the year if the season stopped, in my opinion. But he's done some amazing things for Daniel Jones, who he doesn't have eye-popping numbers, but I look up, and five of those six wins are Daniel Jones game-winning drives. Mm. So he trusts him, and, and Daniel Jones, or you know, he's he's, he's delivering – you know, how important has Dable been for Daniel Jones, who, by the way, could possibly get that 50-year option picked up? Or is he No, they declined to, it. They, they declined, declined it, but they, does it look like he has a future here in Houston with in, in New York with uh, Brian Dable as his head coach? You know what? I think the jury's still out on him because has Daniel looked better? Yes. Is he still doing things that make you say, you know, Daniel, what are you doing? You know, like, is he missing guys? Is he, you know, are some of his decisions, you know, head scratchers? Yeah, you could say that. But that being said, you're not saying it on every play. Daniel has made far more plays and far more right decisions than he has not. And that's, that's a good thing. And Brian Dable, you know, one of the things he did, that was so key, and and I can't you know talk about this enough. Is when he came in, he said to him, "Okay, you know what? We're going to find out what you can do. Not Daniel, don't try this throw, or Daniel, don't try that throw. You start getting in a kid's head and telling him, don't do this, don't do that. Now all of a sudden, whether you mean to or not, you're going to create doubt. And I think that's what happened with the previous staff. They played it too conservatively with him." So Daniel, in a lot of ways, and I know people are going to disagree with me when I say this, he's been reborn, if you will, under 
under Brian Dable. So it, I, I'm not going to say he's like a rookie because he's not a rookie, obviously, but you're finally seeing a guy who's not afraid to take chances, who's, you know, doing a better job of making decisions, where to go with the ball. Now, is he is he doing a good job with his second and third reads? Not all the time, no. So there's still growth there. The question at the end of the year for the Giants, one of the many questions when they decide whether or not to keep him or not, is, is he going to get even better or has he topped out? And, uh, you know, management, Joe Shane, Brian Dable, they keep talking about how much they love Daniel, how he's done everything they've asked him to do. But at the end of the day, actions speak louder than words. And we'll see if the Giants decide to extend him. And if so, for how long? That's true. Action do speak louder than words. And right now he's about that action. If I come to Jersey, where should I go eat? That's my last one. What, like where, without a shadow of What do you doubt, like? What do you like? Oh, man. Everything. Uh, no, seriously. Tell, tell me what you like and I'll tell you where to go. Oh, man. I, I like uh, I like a good steak and I like seafood. Oh, you like seafood. Okay. So if you go to seafood, um, I think Chart House is pretty good down in Weehawken. Uh, there's just also a Roots Chris, I believe, down there as well. Uh, we have but a Roots Chris trying... here, so yeah. But but see, seafood actually, the, the, the Chart House is still there, and I, I, you know, I'm trying to think if they are. They were really good. I went there with my husband once, and we really enjoyed it. Steaks. See, I'm more familiar with Central Jersey because that's where I live. So I don't know where you would end up staying, but uh, what's, you know what's what? what is Central Jersey's food like a go-to? Oh, we got we got a great barbecue place. We've got some, you know, Princeton. The Princeton area is great. Okay, um, you know, you know, I'm in Texas. Don't say barbecue. What's it called? What's the name of the place? The, the uh, Boss Hog. It was pretty good. Oh, Boss Hog. Okay. Boss Hog, and it's authentic Texas barbecue, not not you know the grilled stuff. Okay. We're talking the pink ring around the meat. All right, that, that's what I like right there. Yes. Well, I, you know, I really had a great conversation, a great time with you today with our conversation is is we never get this. You know, I, there's yeah. people I see all the time each and every year never get this opportunity. And so thank you so much for this great opportunity and uh, conversation we had tonight. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. And hopefully the game will be a lot of fun. And if you come hopefully. up, make sure you come <laughs> over to say hello to me. I'll be there on Sunday. So if you do make the trip, say hello. And uh, we'll, we'll catch up. We'll, we'll sit and we'll have coffee or something. It's one o'clock game, Giants and Texans. One o'clock Sunday, MetLife Stadium. Giants looking to push forward, get another win under their belt so that they can continue to keep up with the Cowboys and the Eagles in the NFC East and the Texans. God bless them. We're playing <laughs> for the number one pick here. They're playing so. for the number one pick. Yes. <laughs> That's what so. it is. All right. That's going to do it for us on this crossover edition of the Locked On Giants and Locked On Texans podcast. Hope you enjoyed everything. Folks, make sure you check out Locked On Texans daily. They're on YouTube and anywhere you get your podcasts. Also, same thing for Locked On Giants. We're going to be live on the Locked On Giants podcast on Friday night. You'll want to check that out. And thank you for making us your first listen of the day or watching on YouTube, your first watch of the day. For John Hickman, I'm Patricia Trana. Enjoy the rest of your week, everybody.